0: Country music has always been about tradition, but part of that tradition is progress. And part of that progress means sometimes ticking off traditionalists. And this month's guest has ticked off some traditionalists. This is Write You a Song. Country music seems to be the only genre of music that continually wrestles with where it's been versus where it's going. As far back as the 1950s when Nashville music producers decided to sand down country's rougher edges with lush arrangements and backing vocals, later dubbed the Nashville Sound, it seems like there's always been a tussle going on for country music's soul. And that pattern has pretty much been the same every time an artist or a production trend comes along and becomes the new thing and purists push back. I've been in country radio more or less since 1985, and I can clearly remember people declaring artists who were new at the time and a little bit different as not country. That includes, oh, Alabama, Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, Big and Rich, Jason Aldean, Florida, Georgia Line. And nowadays I hear it about artists like Kane Brown or Dan and Shay or this month's guest. I'll tell you something, though. Nico Moon may mix a little gin and juice with his apple pie moonshine, but he's got his reasons, and they're valid. Now, a better word is authentic. And if I were to offer up one common thread that real country music has always had that's never gone away, it's that, authenticity. seems like if it's authentic, it lasts. If it's not, it doesn't. I think Nico Moon is going to last. See what you think after our conversation. On Write You a Song. You are one of the hotter artists in country music right now. You started off as a songwriter. Did you see this happening? Well, you know, Nico Moon five years ago. Was he imagining that all of this that's happening right now was gonna happen?
1: You know, I've always thought of myself as an artist, even back when I was a songwriter. Um it's just that the songwriting door opened up first for me. So I ran through that as fast as I could. And it's just about finding the right time to 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 kind of show everybody what what I what I'm about as an artist, and now's that time.
0: It's so interesting to talk to so many different songwriters and get their background. And some had no idea they would become songwriters. Some knew early on. But you've been steeped in music and songwriting. Your parents were actually songwriters.
1: Yeah, I've been songwriting since uh, since I was a kid. You know, like you said, uh, I was raised up in a very musical family with both my parents being musicians and songwriters, so I was raised with this uh, appreciation and love for the craft of music and how to make music.
0: What kind of songs did they write? What what genre?
1: It was more uh, country and, and, like, Americana folk, I guess you would say.
0: Your dad was a big John Prine fan, yes?
1: He is, yeah. He's a big John Prine fan. And so, I mean, the first song I've probably ever heard when I was a baby... Uh, was probably a John Prine song.
2: Up in the morning Work like a dog It's better than sitting Like a bump on a log Mind all your manners Be quiet as a mouse Someday you'll own a home That's as big as a house I know a fella eats like a horse Knocks his old balls Round the old golf course You ought to see his wife She's a cute little dish She smokes like a chimney And drinks like a fish there's a big old goofy man dancing with a big old
0: goofy girl. Ooh, baby. It's a big old goofy girl. Americana, alt country, it's it's a different, like more songwriter oriented uh, type of, of country music. And it's got like elements of of rock and, and kind of rootsy rock and everything. I, I don't really know how to describe it except that, personally, it's my favorite kind of music. I love the stories that those songs tell. And that, that genre, even though that's not necessarily the style of music that you play, it had to have seeped into your DNA when you were growing up.
1: Yeah, it definitely did, you know, uh, especially John Prine. I mean, he, uh, to me, he's the king of being clever and conversational all at the same time. Uh, and that 's a really hard thing to do it's one of the things that I think that makes uh, country music so great, you know is you 're talking about small town life, but you 're doing it with everyday everyday language and then figuring out how to do that cleverly and Prine was the king of that, and I you know he set the bar and i, I every time I write a song i 'm just trying as best as I can to get as close to that bar as possible
2: Here's a little baby. Give the world a smile. And if you take an inch, give them back a mouth.
0: Hey, you went to college on a, a track scholarship, but you didn't last in college long because you said you were you were spending all of your time working on music. You never went to class.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I feel bad about it now looking back on it, but uh but, Do you really? Yeah, yeah, because uh, You yeah. do? Yeah, I do, because uh, I love learning, you know. I, I, I'm always I, – I read a lot. Uh, it's kind of the first thing I do when I wake up. And when I go to bed, I try to read. And uh, I just love learning. <laughs> but at the time, I was more interested in learning about how to play music <laughs> than learning about history or math or anything like that. So, uh, so yeah, you know. Uh,
0: but you were still learning. So you, you're you're still within – the paradigm that you set for yourself.
1: I am yeah 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 I just, I'm I'm more the type of person who wants to learn what I want to learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. But uh, but you know uh you can't do that in college. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, at the end of the year, I, I literally never went to class. I had like a 0.1 GPA and uh they were like, "Hey, you know you got to like leave
0: now, right?" <laughs> <laughs> you know you got to kind of leave, right? Yeah,
1: so that was a that was my little rude awakening and I went back home and my parents were pretty disappointed that I flunked out of college, and I got a job working construction and uh, playing playing music at night at bars. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got going playing in front of people.
0: Did the 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 yanking away of that safety net, if I could call it that, did that kind of make you realize that oh, it's sink or swim, and if I'm going to do this music thing, I got to be all in.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, yeah. The real world hit me pretty hard. You know, I was eighteen years old and working construction. I was doing insulation at the time. And uh yeah, when it's four thirty in the morning and you're headed into headed into work, you know, to to uh to do insulation, you know, life, you know, the real world hit me pretty quick, you know. Mm-hmm. And um but it was good though. I needed that time to uh to uh get my hand literally get my hands dirty, work hard. And uh, and you know pretty much every night I'd go home and I'd work on music and getting better at it, and then on the weekends you know I'd, I'd, I'd go and play bars and stuff, and that's how I kind of started honing honing my thing in, holding my honing my craft in.
0: Yeah, you talked about, um, in fact, you mentioned it earlier, songwriting was the first door that opened for you, and so you walked through. But here you are talking about playing bars on the weekends, which is probably still the best way to cut your teeth as an artist, as a performer, for sure. And you have made no secret that even though you've been a very successful songwriter, particularly with uh, Zach Brown, um, you want to be on the stage behind the microphone.
1: Yeah, I do. You know, I enjoy, well, I enjoy both parts of it you know mm-hmm. and i want to do both parts of it i love everything about music i love the i love the writing part when you're just sitting down with the guitar and you're writing the song the lyric coming up with the lyrics and the melodies i love the recording part of it you know i produce my own music so i love mm-hmm. engineering i love producing getting behind a, a console and uh turning knobs and i love bringing the music to the people in a live way too you know it's it's all fun It's just just one big playground for me. And, you know, it's like, what do you like better, the monkey bars or the swings? It's like, I don't know, I like them both.
0: (laughs) I like that. Um, And and you know, you are probably at the forefront right now in country music of pushing boundaries in our genre. And there, you know, if we're being honest, there is pushback from some more traditionalists. Do you feel that? Do you let that affect you at all? Because you talk about, and this is something I really respect about you, the music that you make, not right for other people, but the music that you make has to be authentic to who you are, which to me explains why you have the sound that you do and the approach to the songs that that you're releasing. But do you you worry about that at all, or is that just noise?
1: Nah, I don't think about it. Um, I just stay focused on doing uh, the kind of music that I know I'm supposed to be making, you know, and working as hard as I possibly can on making the best songs that I can. Uh, you can't make everybody happy all the time. And, you know, the way I look at it is, is you know, back in the 50s country was one thing.
2: There's a tear in my beer Cause I'm crying for you dear.
1: You are on my lonely mind and then the sixties came around and some new guys came out and they were doing country in a new type of way. I came here looking for something
2: I couldn't find anywhere else.
1: But well, I don't want to be nobody. Just want a chance to be myself. And they changed, they, you know, country evolved. And then the seventies came and there was, You know, a new kind of country, the outlaw country, and that changed. Lord, it's the same
2: old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years.
1: We need to change. And then the 80s came. I remember... I, I was just a baby, but I remember people talking about how Alabama was. People were so mad because Alabama was so pop. And now when, you, you, when people think of Alabama, you know, it sounds like Dixieland Delight. Like, that's like as country as country gets, you know.
2: Rolling down the backwoods, Tennessee by way.
1: One arm on the wheel. And so, uh, and so, yeah, you know, the, the line is always shifting, and that's a good thing, you know, because for anything to grow, it, it's got to evolve and change over time, you know. Uh, and I love all those eras of country music, but it's important, I think, for me to just uh, make the kind of country music that I think is honest to me. And at the same time, also, I do want to kick the ball down the field a little bit from where it is now, you know. I want to be part of the group of artists that push country music into where it's going next. And that, to me, the identity of country music is talking about country life. That's why it's called country, you know? It's talking about small town living, you know? And it's, it's, it's the story that is the heart of country music. It's not a, a particular instrument, you know? Back in, the, back in the day, the Grand Ole Opry didn't allow drums. Can you imagine... Can you imagine modern country music without drums? (laughs) But they, you know, the first time drums were ever played on the Opry, they were literally snuck onto the stage. (laughs) uh...
0: I I did not know that. I thought I I had a pretty vast knowledge of this stuff. I'd never heard that before.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, because it was was more, you know, just banjos and fiddles. And what we would consider now to be more bluegrass mountain music, you know, um, was what was considered country at the time, you know, and drums were, that was, that was a rock and roll instrument, you know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's funny, you know, it's like, but now when you listen to country music, there's electric guitars that are, that are very much rock and roll, you know? I mean, very much they're rocking guitars, you know? And and that's just a part of country music now, you know, when you listen to Jason Aldean, you know, he's rocking out and it's, Jason Aldean is one of the foundational artists in country music right now, you know? He he is as country as it's gonna get, you know, and so uh, and so yeah. The the you know, country music has to evolve, you know, to to uh, to to grow, and that's a beautiful thing to me, you know. And I love all eras of of country music, all of them. I listen to everything from from Hank Senior to to Thomas Rhett, you know. It's all good, you know. It's all good, and and uh, and the important thing to me is that. If you're if you're a country artist that you just are just doing what you feel like is uh authentic to yourself.
0: Right. And and your sound, Nico Moon's sound, is very much as contemporary as it gets as, as we've been talking about. And some of that comes from you said your your influence of, of living uh, growing up so close to Atlanta. But you also at the same time living in a small town. Um I guess you live near where Travis Tritt lived and you'd see him on the streets and Travis Tritt and Alan Jackson are two of your Your bigger influence and so what we hear is sort of a a a melding of all of that together into what what you're making
1: you got it exactly yeah (laughs) yeah Travis was about 10 minutes away from me in the town next to me and Alan Jackson was in down in Noonan Georgia about 30 minutes outside of town and those guys were their lyrics were literally the, the 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 words of the life that I was living you know um, in, in the little town that I grew up in.
2: I'm a member of the country club. Country music is what I love. I drive an old 40 gun truck. I do my drinking from a Dixie we Will way down yonder on the Chattapoochee, it gets hotter
1: than a hoochie-coochie. We laid rubber on a Georgia asphalt. We got a little crazy, but we never got caught. Also grew up an hour outside of Atlanta. So artists like OutKast and Yin Yang Twins and all and all this uh, uh, hip hop music was was coming out of Atlanta and and hitting my small town.
2: One, two, three, uh my baby don't mess around because she loves me so and
1: you know everybody in my town was flipping between all of that you know uh we were out in the country but we were we listened to everything you know so i'm very much a country artist you know i'm always going to be a country artist it's the country's just what i do it's who i am but at the same time you know i make country music my way <laughs> and and you know and it's a uh, i hope people like it and if they don't it's a you know that's okay too you know it's a, you can't make everybody happy all the time like i was saying earlier but it's it's I think when you're an artist, it's imp- the most important thing is that you just be yourself, and there will be people who dig what you do. You know,
0: I love the quote that you have. People just want to be moved by music, and I think this is more in relation and, and true of of your generation and and the generations that are going to be coming along after you. But people want to they want to be moved by music, and they don't obsess about what the genre is at all. Delve into that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, you know, we're just in in uh, you know back in the day there's only you know you only got your music in a few different ways you know you listen to the radio there's only a few stations you know the albums that you would listen to would just be the ones that you could afford or that your friends had and that was pretty much the only exposure you had to music and nowadays the whole world is at your fingertips I mean you can go on and listen to music anywhere and listen to anything at any time you know and uh That's an amazing thing. You know, it's a beautiful thing because I think it exposes people to things, to kinds of music that they never would have been exposed to if they had grown up in a a different time, you know? So I think younger people, uh, they don't tend to draw the lines as hard um, as maybe previous generations have. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that the more important thing is, is it good? Does it make you feel something? Uh, Not, what what is this classified uh, classified as you know uh but yeah if you were to ask me what i am i mean i'm country artist you know this is country music very much very much so <laughs> i think there's a lot of things out there that are considered country that are that are you know that are even more progressive than what i'm doing you know um but but at the end of the day you know uh it's it's my own personal little recipe you know i took all my life experiences all my personal Influences growing up as a kid from John Prine and Christofferson and and Alan Jackson and Travis Tritt and Outkast and Ying Yang and all that. And I put it all in a pot and this is this is it. You know, this is my life as a sound and uh, and I'm and I'm good with that.
0: Well the other thing about you is you're kind of a shapeshifter when it comes to songwriting you know you look at uh, the songs that you've written you know, mostly for for, for the Zach Brown band you've done a lot of writing with him but I just want to go through the list real quick. Heavy as the head that wears the crown is uh, our the rock station in our town played that um, that's a, that's just a straight-up metal jam. <laughs> got You Make loving You Easy, which has a very kind of 70s studio pop R&B feel to it.
2: Every morning when you come downstairs, here's a mess but I don't care, makeup on shining so bright, my own sweatshirt never fit so right, dancing around to the radio, humming the words that you And an angel off my list, thinking that it don't get no better than this. You make loving you easy. You make
0: loving you all
2: I wanna do. Every little smile, every single touch of mine.
0: And then there's my old man, which is just a sweet, heartfelt, sentimental country song. He was a lion We weren't father's pride
2: But I was defiant When he made me walk the line He knew how to lift me up and When to let me fall Looking back He always had a plan My old man Feel the on his hands.
0: And dusty Then you've got Dirk Bentley's Gone, which is just kind of a classic straight ahead contemporary country song. You can kind of do it all,
1: man you know, I just love writing songs, <laughs> I love writing songs <laughs> and 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 it's important not to fight it fight the song what it wants to be, the vibe that it wants to be is what it wants to be, and I love writing songs for different artists, so, like yeah, when I was writing a song for Dirk's Bentley, I was thinking of how Dirk sings, and you know what would what would feel right melodically for him to do, you know, and then when I write for Zach Brown band, I think about Zach and how he sings and chris cornell you know it's the same way they all got their own ways of singing and 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 ways of telling story uh particular stories that work well for them you know and so it's fun to kind of like put on that songwriter hat and get into into their world and immerse yourself in it and then write something that that will really work great for them
0: yeah you kind of like to get into their heart and soul a little bit and you say that you don't you don't like to write story songs for yourself. You save that for others. Explain that a little bit.
1: You know, some some songs are written from personal experience and then some songs are written as a as a is just when I say a story it's like a made up idea. Like, you know, here's this guy and this girl and they meet and or, you know, for instance, you know, and they fall in love, but maybe I'm just creating a love story out of my mind, not from a personal love yeah. experience that I've had or, the, or from someone I know. So, when I write for myself, I, I just choose to go off of personal experiences and uh, save the more uh, stories that kind of come to mind of like, oh, what if there's this guy and has this experience or this, this relationship and has this experience? I save that for, for when I write for others.
0: All right. I'm going to give you some songs. And if you can, if you can remember, uh, just give me the quick uh, kind of the, the inspiration behind them or the, uh, the story that goes with it. Uh, let's start with how about Back to Life? Rascal Flats.
1: Yeah, so I wrote back to life with my buddy uh Shay Mooney from Dan and, Shea. and uh you know love love is a is a crazy crazy thing, man. <laughs> we all know this, right? It's amazing. It's amazing what it can do for you. And when when I met my wife, she literally uh brought me back to life, you know. I was I was in, I was one person and then I met her and then I became I'm still me, but I became like more more of me, I guess if that makes any sense. And that's what you're looking for, right? You're always looking for that person that brings out the best in you, the brings out the best version of yourself. And uh, so that's what I wrote it about. That was my inspiration. Shay's inspiration was his wife, and so that's where that one came from. She got that a hey, oh, little southern draw that she got from
2: her mom. Likes coffee with the sugar in the morning. She likes to leave little red lipstick, love notes on the mirror. Loves the rain on the tin roof when it's pouring. Doesn't matter what we listen to. Yes, does.
0: And now uh, Anna Moon is also your your co-songwriter with all the stuff that, that you record yourself.
1: That's right. Yeah. Fantastic songwriter.
0: And tell the story about, did you pitch Good Times to to Blake? That song's been around for a while. And I know that, that you've, you kind of, you wrote it and then you were like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to cut it. And then you, 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 you shopped it around a little bit. Then you, you wanted to do something with it. You knew that song was special, but you didn't know what. And so at some point you pitched it to Blake.
1: Well, I, I pitched it to a bunch of people, a bunch, a bunch of people, you know. And uh, at the time, I had made the decision to go ahead and, and, and go for it as an artist. So the option to release it for myself wasn't an option at the time. So yeah, I pitched it all around town to, I mean, pretty much everybody. And I, you know, I just I never I didn't hear anything back, which is really common, you know. Uh, um, they hear. Countless amounts of songs every day. Thousands of songs are being written here in Nashville every day that are great. So it just happens a lot. I, I, 99 out of 100 songs I write um, f- that are, that are you know, I'm writing for s- another artist to cut. 99 out of 100 of them never see the light of day.
0: Well, let me ask you this. When you have a song like that and you shop it around to so many people who, you know, supposedly know about these things and they're turning it down, what made you continue to believe in that song? I think most people would, you know— folded it up and tossed it in the trash.
1: I just knew in my gut it was a good song. I knew it was good. It just kind of always gnawed at me in the back of my head, that song did. And so when I decided to do my own thing, I was like, you know what? Maybe no one cut it. Maybe looking back on it now is a good thing because this song feels so right for me and it feels so me. So I count it as a blessing that no one cut it.
0: Maybe you were the um, only one that could cut it.
1: Yeah, looking back on it, I I, I think I agree with you. <laughs> I think I think it, it. Well, I think in the sense of I think it. Not that no one could have cut it. I mean, a lot of people could have done it great, but I think it was just meant for me at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, so I'm really grateful with how that turned out. We just trying to catch a good time, even if it takes all night. As that bottle around the campfire. Sippin' apple pie moonshine Yeah, we pickin' on them guitars just right
2: Everybody singin' Dixieland light Like a barber on a
1: wet line We just trying to catch a good time 80 degrees and the sun ain't even out We gotta spot a couple miles out of town And When that moon comes up, you know it's gold there's a lot of, I got a lot of songs that I've written that that have literally, it's been crickets when I send it out. You know, no one, I I don't hear anything on it. And uh, it doesn't change my opinion of, of, that, of those songs. Uh, I know that those are great songs. <laughs> so, you know, when you're a songwriter, you have to trust yourself. If you start thinking about other people's opinions of you, this is, goes for an artist too. If you start thinking about other people's opinions of you on if you're good or not, or if your songs are good or not um uh, that's that's a that's a really slippery slope to start going down you gotta you gotta believe in yourself no one else is gonna believe in you if you don't believe in yourself and so uh that goes for being an artist and for the mu and the songs that you write too you know
0: uh and another thing that you talk about kind of in that uh line of thinking is you you talk about um the need to be vulnerable when you 're in a room with other songwriters now' it's, i'm sure it's one thing when it's your wife or maybe maybe she can be more honest than than most people but talk about that vulnerability and it's not just about you know people seeing you uh bringing out your emotional pain from a breakup or whatever you're talking about throwing around ideas and not having people reject them even though they may not be the best idea do i have that kind of right
1: yeah you got that absolutely right writing is a vulnerable thing you're putting yourself on the line you know you think 'Cause it's it's your thoughts. You're putting your thoughts out there. And if someone says, I don't like your thought, you know, that can be uh that can especially as artists, we're we're um we're sensitive people, man. <laughs> we're we're emotional people. I mean, all we do all day is just write about emotions, right? And feelings and thoughts. So sometimes when you get into a room with some songwriters and you throw an idea out and everybody says, nah, It can kind of, especially if you really believe in it and thought it was a great idea, it can kind of, you know, you got to have tough skin here in Nashville, man. You can't, uh, you know, and and that was a good lesson that I learned when I first got here to town and started writing is I was really precious with all my ideas. And if I I had an idea I really believed in and then I I would kind of throw it out and write, and if no one liked it, I would get really bummed about it. But now I don't because um I got some advice from a guy named Bob DePiro one time and Bob is one of the greatest song- country songwriters of all time and uh he said he said when you're good and you know you're good um you don't have to worry about that you know if someone don't like your idea because you got to got to have that trust in yourself that you got more good ideas than just that one and that always stuck with me and so uh now when I throw an idea out, no one likes it. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. You know. It just. It just means that I'll throw it out again at another right. You know. Maybe they'll like it. You know. And uh, and I and I trust myself in knowing. All right, I'll throw it out another. I'll think of something else. You know. But, you know, it's almost like if if you take that stuff real hard, it where where it's really coming from is like a place of insecurity. That maybe that's the only good idea you got, <laughs> or the best idea you got. You don't got any other good ones. You know. So. He helped me out a lot with that advice and uh and now, like for instance, when good time didn't get picked up, you know it didn't uh you know it didn't really eat at me in a sense of feeling like the song wasn't good or why does no one like it or anything like that you know, I was like, it's all good you know it's like for whatever reason that you know these people didn't feel like it was right for them, you know uh but it doesn't affect it it didn't affect me anymore like that, you know
0: man that's great advice. For for songwriting, any kind of creative endeavor, but also just to, that can apply to just about anything anybody does for a living.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, just yeah, whatever. You know? If if you believe in what you're doing, whatever it may be, you know, then that's good enough. And uh, and, you you know, you can't put too much stock in, what, in everybody else's opinions about it. You know, if you believe in it, then keep on doing what you, what you, what you know you're supposed to be doing.
0: Okay, one more song, and it might be your most well-known, Homegrown.
1: I wrote Homegrown about my hometown, uh, Douglasville, Georgia. And it's not a new, you know, if you were to drive through my hometown, there's nothing, like, specifically special about it. You'd probably just say, is this it? (laughs) But uh, And I was just thinking one day, why do I love this place so much? And I realized it was because my family's here, my friends are here, you know all these memories that I have from growing up here are tied to all these locations in this town. It's, it's the people that stand on the dirt, not the dirt itself, you know? And I wanted to write a song about that. And I wanted people to I wanted to write in a way where not that they think of my hometown, but that they think of their hometown. And that means something to them because wherever we come from, that's a special place. It's always going to be a special place. And those are the reasons why. I got
2: them. Land, out in the countryside, lay back and smell the sun. Warm up the Georgia pie. It's so good to be taking it easy. Why? Wow.
0: Keep writing for others
1: oh yeah I got a song coming out with one of my heroes uh, one of my favorite country artists here in a few weeks I can't say who it is but in a couple weeks I got a, I got a song coming out with somebody I really look up to so
0: is it a duet or you just wrote it for him
1: I uh, just wrote it for him so uh, I'm gonna continue to write songs for other country artists and I'm gonna keep on doing my thing.
0: Well, I, I just love the fact that you are so versatile, and that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is, you know, people may think of you as kind of this hip-hop-influenced country artist, but the the, the stuff that you've done is so incredibly versatile, and it really does just show your overall talent and ability, and I think you're going to be around for a long time to come. I hope I'm not jinxing anything, but I think you're going to be around for a long, long time.
1: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I hope uh, – I'm, I'm glad that you that you dug it. You know, I know you're you're a busy guy. There's a lot of people you could be talking to right now. So thank you for taking the time for hanging out with me and talking to me and, uh, you know, uh, kind of get me on the radar of all the amazing people that listen to you.
0: Take care, Nico. Take
1: care.
2: Down the street. Got a good looking woman with her arms around me. We're in a small town. There it feels like home.
0: And that'll do it for this month's Write You a Song. Thank you again to the versatile and authentic Nico Moon. If you like this podcast and you haven't yet subscribed, do it. Super easy. It's free. Then you don't have to worry about missing out because you forgot to go looking for it. And if you're new to the podcast, go back through the archives. We've got 28 or 29 other interviews with other fantastic songwriters. You can follow me on Twitter for more podcast news and information. KNCI Tom. It's just at KNCI Tom. And you will definitely not want to miss out on next month's guest. He's simply one of the most sought-after people in Nashville, either as a writer or producer. He has worked on over 30 number one singles, including... Ross Popperman next time on write you a song.